and welcome to 256 Daily, the show that brings you up to speed with all things that went down in daily print newspaper. Don't miss exclusive commentaries from our seasoned analysts as they break down the headlines in current affairs, politics, business, and all things making round in mainstream media. Available only on Cool Bar Podcast via Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, and every podcast platform. The 256 Daily. Start your day and stay in the know. Hello and welcome to today's episode of the 256 Daily. I'm your host Derek and this is the show where we give you a summary of what's making rounds in daily print newspapers. In today's episode, I'm going to start with a new vision. The new vision has a cover page story which reads, Black Thursday, Uganda lost 14 to COVID-19. They also have other stories making rounds. Uh, the Electoral Commission proposes lifting of curfew for presidential candidates. And there is another story here which says EU ambassadors meet with Museveni over 2021 polls. Government starts freeing Renzururu subjects. This is also a story featured in today's episode. And there is a special feature here from Paul Busharizi which uh, hints about the fourth industrial revolution and how Uganda is positioning itself to make benefits from it. And we also have another story here where Malema Biris is petitioning the East African Court of Justice. So we shall be looking at all these stories. And lastly, in the international segment, they covered something to do with world leaders welcoming Biden and congratulating him upon winning the election. Without further ado, let me start with the cover page story which reads... Black Thursday, Uganda lost 14 to COVID-19. So they featured these stories in page 2 and page 7. And 20 deaths were recorded for the week which closed last week. And of which these uh, bring to the death toll amounting to 131 as of today. So out of the 131 deaths, 69 are from Mulago Hospital. And they registered 1,571 new cases in the last week. And this was between October 30 first and november 5th so this brings the total cumulatively to 14,066 cases with 7,753 recoveries so that's how the covid19 situation is playing out so 14 deaths were recorded on thursday which is the highest number from the week and among the deaths there were two priests and these were brother benito risi and father jesus aranda nava so these were working in the refugee settlements in northern Uganda in Gulu districts and they are Italian nationals so may their souls rest in peace. 20 students also tested positive and these were from Masaka district at the Vine Paramedical School so efforts to try and trace the contacts are still ongoing and I guess this will be following other editions as the story plays out. Going on we have another story here which says Electoral Commission proposes lifting of curfew for presidential candidates it has been featured on page 3 and uh, the Electoral Commission requested a list of all campaign officials on national basis from the presidential candidates that are running for office of the presidency. So they want this list to be segregated such that they can grant them special exemption permits for them to be able to move past the established curfew. You should all remember that the curfew was established 
from 9 p.m. to 5.30 a.m. for private and public vehicles. And it starts at 6 p.m. for border border cyclists. So if these people get these permits, they will be exempted from moving within that time frame since they have quite a number of schedules with different media houses and other activities that they need to conduct as they move across the country. So uh, this request followed the 10 opposition and independent candidates who requested the Electoral Commission to exempt them from this curfew and they were citing that they would not be able to cover the 146 districts within the 60 days that were given to them to campaign. So the Electoral Commission agreed and they will be exempted from the curfew alongside their surrogates and campaign officials of which they will present a list for the EC to give these exemption permits. So the EC is also considering increasing the number of people required at a campaign but it has not yet really specified how many people they will increase from the stipulated 70 people. So they said that uh, this number is really small and if someone has a big venue, they could really operate a campaign rally which goes beyond seven people. So the campaigns are supposed to run from 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. and the rest of the SOPs stay in place. We also have another story here which reads the EU ambassadors meeting with Museveni over the 2021 polls. This has been featured on page 5. This meeting was held on Friday 6th November at State House Entebbe between President Museveni and various EU officials. So uh, in this meeting, they discussed the police brutality where the police uh, arrested Amriat Oboy and Robert Chagulani Sentamu during nominations on 3rd and President Museveni actually said that this was a provocative move from the opposition towards the security forces and he said that how come out of all the other 10 presidential candidates it's only these two who were arrested so he says that they have this as a tactic to try and get some international media attention but well we also what went down there it's not really provocation but it's the excessive use of force by the security forces but anyway everyone has their vision and everyone has their side of the story so according to Museveni this is not on him and uh, going on we have a uh, another coverage with the same story which says that uh, the EU officials also condemn the ongoing campaigns regarding uh, climate change where the forests and wet lands are being encroached upon in huge numbers. The particular one was with Bogoma Forest Reserve which was given away to Hoima Sugar Limited which they said this is not in line with the Paris Agreement of the going carbon neutral by 2030 I believe. 2030 2050 I'm not yet sure about the details of that but Uganda is part and parcel of the Paris Agreement Accord. So this tries to cut down emissions and the European Union is at the forefront of trying to combat climate change through protecting the environment. And we have another story here on page 16 which says government starts freeing rural subjects. So if you remember in the November of 2016, Charles Wesley Mumbere was arrested in November 2016 and he has never been released since then. So he is barred from traveling to Kasese uh, where his kingdom is headquartered and he still stays in Kampala as he goes for his court processions. So he was arrested in November 2016 with quite a number of his subjects and they were arraigned before court and read charges of 
murder, attempted murder, terrorism, and treason. But if you remember, Brigadier Charles Eluelu was uh, kind of the person who spearheaded this operation. So it was a very brutal operation with the palace tear gassed and a lot of grenades going on and people actually died during the raid. But the Omusinga is still in Kampala and is not allowed to visit Kasese Kingdom until cleared by court. So this uh, release of the subjects was brokered by the Prime Minister of the Renzururu Kingdom and this is Joseph Kulemuranga. They agreed upon the release of subjects who were arrested by police and they will start with a batch of 146 subjects being released. We also have here a special feature from Paul Busharizi talking about the fourth industrial revolution and how Uganda is positioning itself to take advantage of it. Uh, two weeks ago, government launched the fourth industrial revolution national task force. This is chaired by John Nasasira, former minister for ICT, and it will include aspects like cloud computing, artificial intelligence, blockchain, 3D printing, autonomous vehicles, and biotechnology. And the opportunities identified by the task force include increasing agricultural productivity, boosting human capital development, and supporting urbanization and governance. So, uh, this is trying to harness the play out of the fourth industrial revolution although you should all know that the fifth industrial revolution is actually in play with the internet of things uh, you've all heard about the amazon echo alexa siri so we are trying to get everything connected and we shall be living in the internet of things but well this is a move by uganda to try and make sure that they take advantage of the fourth industrial revolution so a lot has to be done to be honest because when you look at the plans laid out uh, ICT still gets a very small amount of funding from the national budget and still uh, if you see this national task force it's a duplication which increases public spending which would have actually gone to the Minister of ICT but this duplication of roles like uh, we all know is something that is always done by the president to try and uh, reward his loyal cadres. So I don't really see this coming to fruition since it's just a waste of public money, but we are yet to see how the fourth industrial revolution task force plays out. This is just my opinion, but other people may have other opinions about this as well. And we also have a story here where Mabidizi, Male Mabidizi Chwanuka, the controversial lawyer, is petitioning in the East African Court of Justice. So he's seeking the East African Court of Justice to nullify the the administration of the Judiciary Act, which was passed two months ago by Parliament, and he claims that there was no quorum to pass this Act since only a hundred members were present at its passing, and this is below the required two-thirds of the MPs to pass any bill into an Act. So Rebecca Kadaga gave a comment about this and she said the rest of the MPs joined remotely via video conferencing, but uh, she did not really provide any proof of the recorded meetings. So Mabidizi proceeded to file this lawsuit and he listed the Attorney General as the respondent, of which the Attorney General has to respond within a period of 45 days. So he filed this case at the East African Court of Justice branch in Kampala, uh, which is headquartered in Arusha, and when they asked him why he did not file this with the national courts at the national level, like the local courts at national level, like the High Court or the Supreme Court, he said that he does not have faith in the country's judicial system. That's why he's seeking justice in the East African Court of justice. So this Judicial Service Commission Act which was passed uh, gives the president the power to keep appointing judges and he says there is a conflict when it comes to that since there is no clear line drawn between the executive and the judiciary. So he says there is a conflict of 
of interest with the way that the judges are appointed. And uh, he also goes ahead to cite the details of the act where the if a judge retires, they keep getting full benefits and salary in retirement. And it also states that for 15 years, if a judge passes on, his spouse and dependents keep getting their salary and they also get benefits. So it also grants judges uh, full pay and benefits when they resign by consent of the president. So as you can see, he's really contesting that everything is concentrated by the president, president, president. And he sees a huge problem with that which really lacks any checks and balances. And to wind it up, what's making rounds in international news, they covered how world leaders congratulated President-elect Joe Biden, and this has been featured on page 51. Most of them sent out official press releases. Some of them were tweeting on their personal accounts. So leaders from Germany, France, Britain, and the leader of NATO, Canada, Australia, Ireland, Greece, Spain, Nigeria, South Africa, Iraq, Egypt, all of these tweeted and congratulated President-elect Joseph Biden Jr. So uh, Museveni in his congratulatory message he stressed AGOA which is a program where African countries are allotted a quota of tax-free goods that can be exported to the United States to earn themselves some dollars which boost their foreign exchange balance sheets. So during the Trump administration AGOA wasn't really given uh, priority so it really set back the relations of Africa and the United States of America since Trump's approach was more nationalistic and it was putting America first. And to him, everything was transactional. He didn't really see any justification of giving African countries uh, access to the U.S. market tax-free. So he said that would not work and he actually imposed tariffs on these goods which were specified by the pre previous administrations. So President Poseven is looking forward to see how this will play out and the restoration of the AGOA agreement will try to boost Uganda's foreign exchange. Russia and China still remain silent with no public statement uh, issued to congratulate Joseph Biden. But we all know that uh, there was a report which was released by Mueller. Uh, it's dubbed the Mueller report where he says there was intervention of Russia in the 2016 US elections where they had a troll factory operating somewhere from St. Petersburg. So this is a very interesting story about the misinformation campaign which Russia mounted. It really invested a lot of money and they ended up getting Trump elected. However, in his administration, Trump did not really lift any sanctions since they were failed to be lifted by Congress. So he was not really acting alone and this frustrated Putin. And to top it all up, during the NATO summit, uh, Trump uh, was a attacking Germany for trying to fund the Nord Stream 2 pipeline which was going to be transporting natural gas to Germany from Russia. So this is a very huge infrastructure project which was uh, a foreign exchange honor for Russia and Trump criticized it so this led to a fallout with Putin. So China in its plans recently projected that it's trying to grow the capacity of the consumers domestically consuming all the products they, con they produce because it's a very export-dependent economy. It is trying to draw the lines to make sure that it can be self-sufficient and increase its consumption capacity as it grows its middle class. So with China trying to not really be dependent on the US and the outside world, 
they want to be self-sustaining as an economy and they are not really letting their guard down on how they are going to deal with Joe Biden when he takes power. So this is one of the stuff that has been discussed in the International News Roundup. Thank you very much for listening. I'm your host Derek and bye-bye.